Point Hammered is intended for an immature audience. So if you're easily offended, you best get to stepping. But if you'd like to stay, let's, let's get, get hammered. What is going on, people? This is fucking Point Hammered, episode 120. It's true. We got the bastard here. Raj here. What's going on, buddy? Oh, I just ate so much goddamn food, I could barely move. Yeah. Plus, I'm freezing my nuts off. And a big, dirty enchilada. Ah, uh, I had the fucking stir fry on the green bed. It's pretty <laughs> solid. I love that shit. Good shit. All right. Well... How about we jump right into this campaign shit? Let's do it. We're going to talk about the motherfucking chaos campaign. Yeah, and then uh, maybe say what we've been up to after that and get into the, the usual stuff. Yeah. So this is going to be part one of a two-part explanation of the campaign rules. Um, this time we'll be talking about how the battles and stuff work, and then the second time will kind of be the overall campaign structure. Yeah. Uh, guiding all the battles together. So... Let me start off. So this is like uh, Rod's original campaign rules here. <laughs> Played in a few different campaigns. So there's a couple different issues that I kind of have foreseen um, with past campaigns and particularly with uh, this one where everybody's using the same kind of armies for everything Yeah. to try to keep it interesting. So first you can do like the geographic campaign with the tiles and stuff like that. We've done that. Before. We haven't done the tiles. We did the old General's Compendium. Yeah, with the map. And then I've actually played that one previously with Sean Lukey and his gaming group. Oh, uh, when that first came out. Yeah, yeah, I used to drive to Appleton to play with them. <laughs> and the issue that with, with the map-based stuff and why I'm not a big fan of it, although you know it is popular, is you end up playing the same people over and over. And I think you... Yeah. Figure that out. Because you play the people that have territory next to you over and over. Mm-hmm. So this one doesn't use any maps or territories like that. The other thing, too, is it doesn't, you know, it's a building campaign, but it, it's kind of a loosely structured one. Yeah. Where you don't have to use the same stuff every time. You don't have, like, a set 100 points that you're committed to. Sure. And I think the issue th- for me with that is... We're going to be playing a lot of games, especially at 100 points, and using the same stuff every time isn't going to be fun, necessarily. <laughs> right. And then even if you want to use the fun choices, you're going to be locked into them. So what you're going to do probably is just default to the good stuff yeah. that you want, you're going to want to use later. Right. Um, so you don't get stuck with something bad. So everybody's just going to be taking the good stuff again. Uh, same kind of issue. So it's... Um, and then the last thing is um, I was kind of concerned about with our lists just using the same, you know, demonic uh, amount BSB guy, the unkillable guy, right. you know, the same disc guy. We'd all be using the same <laughs> you know, two units and three skull crushers and, you know, whatever, eventually um, that kind of garbage. So this was kind of designed in mind to have so a lot of variability. Yeah. To the lesson. I, you know, from the games we've played so far, it, it's been pretty damn fun. Um, so I'm going to talk about uh, the gifts of chaos to start okay. with. So um, there's a couple different facets of the campaign, and the gifts of chaos deck is kind of inf- interesting. So what it is, and, um, you know, if, if people are interested in playing this, I have all the cards 
uh, up in the show notes. Okay. It'll actually be a separate blog post. So if you want to follow along on paper, I'll have all these rules as we go through them sure. on the website. And then I have copies of all the cards that I've used for the campaign. Okay. So folks don't have to do that. If they want to use them, they can just print them out and use them like that. So it'll be pretty easy. But um, I was kind of inspired by some older Warhammer stuff. I don't know. Uh, if you know, but back in the day, the Chaos book came in a box set, <laughs> and that was because it came with all these like little tokens and counters and stuff. Okay. And you'd get when you played your game, you would get random little gifts of Chaos. <laughs> we get like play on a model, get plus one attack. You just get like extra claws or stuff like that. So all these mutations sure. would happen during the game. Um, and then there used to be magic cards for all the spells. So there'd be like a deck of like magic cards. With you'd have the spells on cards, and then you'd have the winds of magic would kind of cycle through based off cards, and like you get different power level cards to cast your spells. Yeah. Um. So that yeah. kind of I never experienced any of that back. Nah. In the day. <laughs> yeah, the old old time folks. Pretty bastard. And even then, the the magic items used to all be printed on little cards too. Yeah. So you'd always have, you know, to be honest, I kind of surprise. This kind of stuff seems I could see GW working in the ninth. Because I think they found a lot of success with just printing little cards and random shit, making a lot and of extra then charging money. a ridiculous price yeah. and people buying them, regardless of it being quite easy to make your own. <laughs> um, so that kind of got me with this. So the basic premise of the campaign is everybody gets a gifts of chaos deck that they use as personalized to them, and it kind of works like a triumph and treachery deck. Mm-hmm. It works like a winds of magic kind of decks all your spells we cast from it all your magic items are in there and all your mutations and it kind of works just like try it doesn't triumph and treachery really where you play cards during the game turns or phases mm-hmm. they affect it for one phase yeah. and then they go away so um that's kind of the basic format for the gifts of chaos card is you draw them whenever you would draw a triumph and treachery card yeah so the it's kind of built on the triumph and treachery rules so I'm not really making anything new per se, um, but whenever, so whenever you draw a triumph and treachery card, you would just gain a gift of chaos card instead. Um, whenever you roll on the eye of the gods table, instead of doing that, you just draw a gift of chaos card because yeah. all those eye of the gods bonuses, they each each one has its own card. Uh, Shut up! <laughs> My fiance has moved in, and I now have a dog. <laughs> FYI. <laughs> Shut that book. Who's an naughty? Hey! Sit your buns. Sit your buns. buns. Good boy. Now come here. Sorry, bud. Continue. I'll fucking smack this guy in the head. <laughs> okay, so whenever you normally roll on the Eye of the Gods table, you take a Gifts of Chaos card instead. So that'd be if you win a challenge, you take you get a card. Yeah. Or uh, like if you're chosen at the start of the game, you get to roll on the table. So you get a free Stuff card like then. And then whenever you gain a Power Dice normally, all the magic is incorporated into the decks. So... You know, there's no power dice. You know, there really isn't a magic phase. We'll kind of get into that. Uh, but, like, if you channel and you roll six, you'll get a Gift of Chaos card. Sure. Um, if you have the Herdstone, which there is one in, in the decks, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's another thing. Not every player is going to be able to take it. There's one Herdstone floating out there. Um, for each of your wizards within six, you get a, a Gift of Chaos card at the start of the phase. Okay. Um, so that's kind of how you gain the cards. I mean, you start out the game just like Triumph and Tretch. You know, everybody draws two. If somebody's in first place, they get one. If somebody's in last place, they get three. 
Um, okay, so these cards are kind of split into different kind of decks. One is magic items. So every magic item for the Big Red Rulebook, the Beast of Chaos, and Warriors, and then all the items of the special characters, too. Each one is on a card of its own. Um, so when you use the magic item, you just play it like in the combat phase or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then you get to you get whatever With its the abilities, mm-hmm. and then it goes away. So you know something like a 4-plus word save, you're not going to have all the time, but you could use it for a phase. Um, so stuff like the magic item loadout is always going to be changing, and that's it's the same with mutations. I took all the mutations from the Beast book, from the Warriors book, and then I also took the mutations off of every uh, special uh, rule for each model. So like the Do you have a sly slithy tongue. Yeah, the slithy tongue's out there. You've <laughs> got a got a taste of that thing. <laughs> the slithy tongue. Uh, the ghost sight for the Saigor. You have that one. Yeah. So you have the ghost sight, so one of your guys can randomly get a mutation to get ghost sight for a turn. Uh, but stuff like the regenerating flesh on the chimera or the fiery breath of the chimera is in there. Stuff like the plague proboscis. The fiery butt breath of the Hastings. Mm-hmm. And then they're kind of uh, put in order on a scale of uh, 0, 1, 2, 3, which kind of a, you know, is about the power level of the card. So all the items that are in the 0 to 20 points range are zeros and those are the ones we start out with and then as the campaign progresses we'll get the ones that are in like the 25 to 45 point range and those are the cars that have a one power level and then from 50 to 70 is the uh, power level two and then uh Anything 75 and up is power level 3. Right. So they kind of split. So you can't get the really powerful ones to start with. See, I, that's the first time I knew what distinguished what number, you know, what power level when yeah. the cards would come out. So that's that's good info for this guy. Uh, I, you know, as we go through it, you'll probably discover a lot of stuff here. But pretty much you, know, you don't really need to know that to be playing in the campaign. Or, yeah. Uh, right. Because I'm not going to sit the down show. there and explain that to Butcher and Andrew and have a 15 or 20 minute conversation <laughs> about how it all works. But, you know, I, they, you know, they have the rules. They can look at them. They can listen to this. Okay. So Get there's, out! and then lastly, yeah, it's kind of hard to podcast with, with this, a wild Cretan here. He, he's completely unruly. So I'm, I'm working on him. He's coming around. Okay. But when he's got this toy, he's just insane. <laughs> Turns into a, no. Go lay in your bed. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So the last thing is um, the treachery cards are all in here too. Yeah. Um, so those are basically the exact same as they were in the Triumph and Treachery. And then there's Arena Chaos deck, which is all the spells from all the lores that all the Chaos Wizards can take. Okay. And then it also has all the Reign of Chaos uh, shit that happens. Yeah. So when you play our games, the Reign of Chaos, we, you know, we're not rolling Winds of Magic. We're not... Uh, see, as soon as that little creature leaves, then Bully steps up. Yeah, it's a fucking zoo in here. <laughs> it's really starting to piss me off. Shut it! Naughty! Fucking naughty animals. Goddamn naughty. And then those spells were arranged, so like uh, that <laughs> shitty spell that causes fear on the lore of death. <laughs> and it's like a zero rating spell. Yeah. And so those are the kind of spells you can start out with. Nobody's Respect of the Dread Knight. Yeah, that's what it is. And... Um, we didn't start with any of those. Um, those are kind of optional if people want to get into magic. I'm trying to develop a magic uh, phase with my deck in the future. Because you got some motherfucking Zinch demons yeah. coming in. 
Anyways, okay, so how the Gifts of Chaos cards are used is they are played at the start of any phase, so it could be magic, shooting, Yeah. Uh, most of them would be close combat. Uh, everybody puts down all their cards, so it's not, and you can kind of go back and forth, so um, you know, you can see what the other guy's going to put down, you know, you're not going to see, oh, you're not putting anything down, then I'm going to put down this, because it's, it's tit for tat, and mm-hmm. it just keeps going until everybody's happy with this um, setup, and then uh, the rules are, you can play a single mutation card on any model in a unit. Yeah. Uh, you can play a single magic item of each type on uh, one of your characters, champions, or your general. Um, so you could have a dude. You could put down a magic sword, a magic shield, uh, a talisman of protection or something like that. So he, he could have all three. You could play them all at the same time. But you can't double up on the magic item types. And then also, if you have a treachery card, you can only play a single treachery card on any one unit. So that's a little different from the main rules. Where you can just burn treachery cards? Um, So you can play one of each type on each unit. So if you have a unit of three guys, you couldn't put three different mutations on three different guys. Right. It could kind of bog things down. Uh, But if you had three separate combats, you could put down a mutation card on each one or, you know, three separate units fighting. Like that, and then they're all revealed simultaneously. Um, you can be affected by multiple mutations or treachery cards if other people are helping you, like in a multiplayer game. If somebody's ahead, um, and you know they're in combat with somebody, everybody else will generally jump in and try to help out <laughs> who's ever low man on the totem pole right. to help take the top guy. Or if Andrew's playing and I'm fighting anybody, he'll try and <laughs> fuck me over, <laughs> dickhead kid. <laughs> yeah. So that's basically uh, the rules for playing those cards. Uh, there's a few different variations. React cards. Some will say react. So like a dispel scroll says react on it. Mm-hmm. And you can use that whenever a, like a spell is cast against you. Yeah. Um, a lot of the arcane items are react cards where you can kind of use them whenever. Um, but a lot of those cards are also one-use only cards. Right. And those are kind of cool. Whenever you use a one-use only card... It's literally one use only for you. When you uh, discard it, instead of putting it back in your own deck, you're going to give it to somebody else. Of your uh, choice. Of your choice, yeah. So, like, the Potion of Strengths have been moving around. There's, like, the Potion of Toughness, Mm -hmm. Potion of Speed. Um, So those are getting traded between all the campaign players pretty regularly. Uh, And then there's Start a Game Only cards, which can only be used at the start of the game. There's, like, a Scout card. Uh, you can get, so you'd have to have it at the start of the game. The Herdstone actually is a start-of-the-game-only card, too. Hmm. So even if you get the Herdstone, you have to draw it in your opening hand in order to use it for that particular battle. Um, okay, and then spell cards, these work a little differently. So you don't have to use them all at the start of the phase, but if you have a spellcaster, you can put down the card. Uh, let's say you're casting Miasma, and then you can cast it, using its power oh my god this dog is crazy he's rubbing his own ass under my chair and getting off on it (laughs) straight up fucking masturbating Uh, anyways so the spell cards i remember before i said each item at a power level of zero one two or three yeah so that corresponds with how many power dice you can use to cast a spell so if you have a power level one spell and you cast it you can use one dice to uh as your power dies. 
Now, usually that might not be enough for it to go off, and there's zero spells that would give you zero dice. So what you have to do is you have to combo that with some of your other Gifts of Chaos cards that are ones and twos and threes, and then you can add up those numbers, and then that'll be how many power dice you can use to cast a spell. So if you play, like, uh, Miasma, which is a zero, um, but you have two glory cards, which are power level one, then you could use two dice to cast it. And then the way you dispel is your opponent, they basically just use the same thing. They can play any of their Gifts of Chaos cards if they have power levels. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a magic item, a mutation, or what, what the card is itself. You know, it can just be used to turn into power dice or dispel dice. Um, so that's about it. So that kind of works actually really similar to the original Winds of Magic deck, you know, back in like fourth or fifth edition of Warhammer. Pretty bastard, once again. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty pretty bastard okay so we have some special uh rules for the campaign for about spell casting yeah since um all the spells are in the reign of chaos deck when you buy a wizard you don't actually generate any spells for the wizard they're going to use the spells in your gifts of chaos deck and so um for the lore of shadow death metal beasts and wild pretty much any wizard um that you take can cast those spells if you get them. Now, if they are a Laura Death Wizard, because you still designate what kind of wizard it is. Yeah. Um, if you cast a death spell, you get to use your level bonus. If you, you know, if you're a Laura Death Wizard and you're casting a beast spell, you don't get a bonus, but you can still cast it in the first place. Um, so any model with wizard levels can cast those spells. Characters with the mark of Zinch, so that'd be uh, heroes uh, can cast spells. Pretty much any any kind of those spells if they have okay. the mark of Zinch. So that kind of throws back to the... Remember for a while, there's no Zinch wizards? One sec. Knock it the fuck off! Go lay in your bed! Right now! Get in the bed! Shut the fuck up! Get in the bed! It's fucking Christ, man. <laughs> it drives me nuts. Fucking hell. <laughs> Sorry. You remember, right, so uh, Zinch heroes can cast Zinch spells. Yeah, I remember... That's how it used to be. There's yeah, you'd no take a mark of Zinch and you'd be a wizard. Yeah, but there's no, there's like no Zinch sorcerers. So like all your Zinch characters are super expensive. Yeah, because you take like an exalted and they need to pay like eighty points for two two wizard levels. Right. Yeah, I remember with the wargors got pretty pricey. <laughs> yeah. So this is kind of the throwback to that. Okay. And then um, for each of the Zinch, Nurgle, and Slanesh spells. Uh, for Nurgle and Slanish, any model with wizard levels and the mark of Nurgle or Slanish, you know, if they have the corresponding mark, they can cast those ones. Sure. Uh, and then also Plague Bearers and Demonettes can cast those spells correspondingly. So back in, um, I think, even as far as 5th or 6th edition, um, Plague Bearers and Demonettes would generate spells like the Horrors used to. Mm-hmm. So you could, if you took 20 demonats, you'd have like a level four wizard of Slanash. You made it so pretty much any demon can cast all these fucking spells because you're rocking demons. Is that what's going uh, on? Here? Well, <laughs> it's pretty specific plague bearer. That's a, you know, one, one demon. Demonette is another demon. And <laughs> <Okay>. then for Zinch, it's uh, characters or champions with the mark of Zinch can cast the Zinch spells. All right. And then horrors of Zinch can already cast, can cast the Zinch stuff, but they don't count as uh, wizards. But they get a bonus to cast because yeah. you could take three, you know, just single unit of uh, horrors per our rules. Yeah. So you'd have like three level one wizards for like 12 points each or something like that. So that wouldn't be acceptable, clearly. Um, <laughs> but 
Um, so those are the rules for the spellcasters. So uh, there's actually a lot of variety there. Um, so what I'm thinking is probably going to happen is, depending on the luck of the draw and the Reign of Chaos cards you get, it might change what kind of wizard you use, if you use one at all. Or, sure. Like right now I have uh, Acquiescence, <clears throat> which is the ASL and D6 random move mm. spell. So I'm going to try to get some Demonettes next so I can actually cast that spell. So I think that'll be a useful one. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that wizards do, so this is anything with wizard levels, so they're still kind of useful in that if they're not casting spells that phase, yeah. they can actually, uh, you can discard Gifts of Chaos card, one for each level, and then draw new ones. Okay. So even if you don't have a wizard, if you're not getting spells, you can still be useful kind of cycling through your Gifts of Chaos deck to try to get to those spells. Sure. Or as a, you know, you can even take one even if you don't have any spells to cast just as a way to make sure you're always getting your good cards and kind of getting rid of your shitty ones. Right. Kind of cycling through. Um, and then one last thing with the Gifts of Chaos card is uh, Chaos Spawns. Everybody loves these guys. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to come right. up with reasons to use them. So for each Chaos Spawn you have on the table, you get to draw one bonus card uh, whenever you would draw cards normally. So at the start of each phase, or uh, each turn, I should say, when you normally draw two or three Triumph and Tretch cards, um, you'll get to draw one extra if you have a Chaos Spawn, and then your hand size increases by one as well. Um, so that'll be fun. So everybody will probably want to have a Chaos Spawn or two. So that might be a little objective during the game. Sure. Let's try to take out the other guy's spawn <laughs> to try to put the crimp on there. It gives the Chaos cards going through. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's kind of the overlay for all of this. Like, we can't talk about the other shit. It's not going to make any sense unless we kind of go through that. Okay. Um, so you can, uh, these rules, you know, are on the show notes. You can go, you can see all the Gifts of Chaos cards. Sure. Um, I think it might sound a little confusing over the air, but once you take a look at them, it, it should make sense. Yeah. It's essentially Triumph and Treachery is what you're doing. Triumph and Treachery with your personalized... With your own personal deck and hand. And hand. And then we kind of worked in the magic stuff because... You know, we're, play, we're starting at 100 points, so you know, we can't just use the magic system as is right. to get it to work. Um, but, okay, just going on to some more gameplay changes. So the battles, every battle's played as a triumph and treachery game. So uh, the way you win is you get those little victory point tokens. Yeah. And we've kind of scaled them down. We have, like, a little cheat sheet at the end. Um, so, like, if you complete the objective, it's not 100 points. It's, like, 30 points. Um, but... Uh, one thing is uh, we're going to ignore the dirty deals rules, which is that's the rule that lets you trade cards. Sure. So there is a way to trade during the campaign, but that's not it. Uh, we're not using the mercenaries rule, and then um, we're not using the gaining victory tokens rule on page 18, which is whenever you get the most VP tokens in a phase, you get like a bonus 50 victory points. Right. That's one we almost always forget to use anyways. Yeah. And it really, I don't know, to me, it doesn't really make any sense because generally you're the only one scoring points on your turn. So the you're point. always going to be getting that. If you're scoring something, you're always getting an extra 50. It's the rich get rich rule, dude. <laughs> rich get richer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, one thing we're doing then too is um, in order to declare someone as an enemy player, you actually have to interact with them. So you have to declare a charge during the movement phase, or you have to make a slashing attack. You actually have to cast a spell at them, make a shooting attack at them, or fight them in close combat. Yeah. So the significance of that is um, 
the other players don't roll their D6, and on a 6, they get a card. Right. They only do that whether there's an enemy player designated. Okay. So that kind of bogs the games down. Yeah. Um, People always roll in. And our first, yeah, our first game we didn't use that, but the second right. campaign day we did, and it really sped things along. So you don't, you know, it's completely pointless, but, um, you know, somebody has to decide a magic enemy, a shooting enemy, a close combat enemy when they're not even doing anything at all kind of really bogged down those games. So this will speed things up um, as well. One thing is um, we're not using the magic phase um, power dice at all, so you don't roll 2d6 for that. Um, and then we're using the instability rules for demons instead of unstable, just because at low levels they're completely screwy. Um, and then the last thing is for steadfast, it's based off the number of wounds instead of the uh, number of ranks. So, like, if you have three marauders, they'll be steadfast against one chaos warrior or, or something like that. Sure. Um, so that's worked pretty well. All right. So that's that's it. I mean, otherwise the games are kind of played just like Triumph and Tretch. Um, one thing is if it's just two players, you don't uh, pull cards to see who goes first. Sure. You just kind of alternate as normal. But anyways, going on to army list construction. Um, there's no set lists, no set models. You can do whatever you want as long as it's within the points value. The one thing you have to do is if you won your last game, your general has to carry forward that same mark. Okay. And then if you lost your last game, whatever mark your general had, you have to switch to a different one. Yeah. So that's another way to kind of keep it fresh and interesting. So no, uh, to start the campaign, I think four out of the five of us had Nurgle. Yeah. And then Jerry had Slanash. And then Jerry actually won, so he carried forward Slanash. And then everybody had to switch for the second <laughs> game then. So I think you guys went friends or uh, corn. Oh, I, I, I went to yeah. Zinch. Um, and if you drew your game, you can pick whatever. Um, for our small points values for picking a general, you can nominate any single uh, kind of infantry model as long as they have a mark. And you can also mar uh, pick a monstrous infantry, a cavalry, or a monstrous cavalry uh, to be the general. And then if they don't have Eye of the Gods, they get it. Um, they can join units. They have to issue challenges. One thing is they don't extend a leadership bubble. Um, yeah. Only if you actually take a hero yeah. or a lord choice, those guys will get the bubble. Um, and then otherwise you do have to take the highest leadership among those, so you can't have a uh, gore general if you're running Chaos Warriors, because the Chaos Warriors have a higher leadership. Right. So they boss around that unruly gore. <laughs> um, and finally, um, going into the army list modification. So there's no special characters. Um, no models can purchase magic items, mutations, gifts, uh, a locus, or any upgrades besides mounts, non-magical weapons, an armor, or a command. So if you have an exalted hero, you you can't pick your kit. I mean, you're just Chaos Warrior. You could get a great weapon, additional hand weapon. Uh, the rule for that is, you know, all those magic items are in the Gifts of Chaos deck. So that's how you get them. Um, so you can't just run, like, the same uh, Soul Feeder with a 3 out Ward say dude each time. Um, you have to try to get those cards, and if you use them, you can only use it for a single phase. Uh, but this even extends to stuff like the Chimera. So the Chimera can't take the Flaming Breath upgrade sure. because that's a Gifts of Chaos mutation. What you have to try to get that card. If it comes with some shit, like a Slithy Tongue? If it comes with it, they, they keep it. But okay. uh, any kind of upgrades. Um, Fair Borton. 
verboten. Uh, and that even extends to the skull crushers because uh, the ensorcelled weapon, those are magic weapons. There's a, that's a card in there for them to get. Yeah. So they're stuck on uh, like the plague drones, the plague proboscis is a mutation, so they can't take that upgrade. Stuff okay. like that. Um, moving on. All chariots follow the rules for monstrous cavalry instead of chariots. Mm. Okay, so... So they can march? Yeah, they can march, um, but they they don't have any impact hits, basically. Yeah. And that the reason for that is at small points values, chariots are completely no overpowered. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we, I want us to be able to keep using the infantry models that we've you know kind of started the game with. Sure. You know, because... If we're just using the actual rules, at some point we're going to drop all the models we started with, and we're just going to have a chariot or two. Yeah. Uh, but to make up for this, all chariots are forty points cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, the exalted slanash chariot, which is the big one, that one's eighty points cheaper. And then the only exception is the hellflayer chariot. That's like the lawnmower one. Yeah. That's sideways. That one. That one will still count as a chariot. <laughs> so that's the one chariot kind of rule in the game. Uh-huh. If you want to get that. I paint that piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of thinking about it. it might not be. I too figured bad. you were. <laughs> um, yeah, and then similarly, all monsters follow the rules for monstrous beasts instead. Um, so they don't. They lose thunder stomp. They'll still have regular stomp, and but they'll gain swift stride yep. instead. And those guys are 40 points cheaper as well. Sure. Um, and then if you're uh, a ridden monster like a manacore. You just follow the rules for, like, a monstrous cavalry character instead. And then the one exception to that is the giant. Uh, the giant still counts as a monster. And that's the same kind of thing as before. The thunder stomps will just kill um, any kind of infantry uh, base that we have. Moving on, the hell cannons and skull cannons count as war machines instead of chariots or a monster or whatever it is. Um, so you can still take them, but they're just going to sit at the back of your deployment zone and shoot stuff. May or may not be worth it. Uh, Chaos Spawns, Slaughter Brutes, and Vortex Beasts are special choices. Um, these ones, well, I want us to be able to use the spawns for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and these other two, I thought I'd move them in and you never see them. Compared to some of the other rare choices available, I'm not sure that we will. So I thought I'd just move them to special. Yeah. Uh, Pink Horrors. As I said before, they don't count as level one wizards. Um, one or more of them on the board will let you channel a dice, but uh, they can still cast using the Reign of Chaos, but they're three points cheaper each because they don't uh, count as wizards. So it's sure. just a human with a five plus word save, basically. Okay. And then lastly, uh, all the wizard levels are 15 points cheaper um, because you don't get to pick the spells that you're going to be able to use. You might not be able to use them as often. Yeah. But you do have some uh, Gifts of Chaos manipulation abilities. So I thought that would uh, price them out fairly. So we're going from 100 points to uh, 1,000 points for the campaign. So you can see with some of these changes, uh, by the end of them, we, we might end up with like 1,200 or 1,300 points worth of models, but are only 1,000 points, you know, according to our lists, you know, if you use a couple different monsters and stuff like that. Right. Um, so that should be fun. Sure. That's the basic army list changes. Um, maybe we'll just go over the game adjustments real quick for 100 points. So the unit sizes, if you're a 10 plus normally, it goes from 2 to 5. 
unless you have a 25-point unit cap, which is what everybody starts with. Yeah. If you have a 5-plus unit, it's one to three models. If it's a 3-plus, you can take just one. Uh, brass VP tokens, 10 points. Silver is 20. Gold is 40. You know, just basically everything is scaled down. Um, I uh, went and formalized it. So everything I talked about is on these rule sheets and the show notes. Um, so that kind of set the stage for the campaign battles. Next time we'll talk a little bit more about the overall campaign structure because um, there's additional unit limitations, stuff like that. Uh, but I thought we should go through this. Sure. Uh, we actually fucking kicked this campaign off. Day zero. Day f- zero. Five of us gathered. <laughs> How'd it go? Oh, it went all right for me. What did I you end up building? Um, I got four Chaos Warriors with Halberds. And an Avatar's a war guide uses a hero who's playing a Chosen right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that was... A, oh, I had some Chaos Hounds, too. Some mm-hmm. old metal ones that I never finished for the Beastman Army. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I ended up using my demons. I, I am working on a bunch of stuff, but yeah. with Wapaka and then um, immediately trying to get everything ready for the campaign basically three or four days after Wapaka, yeah. depending on when Wapaka ends for you. <laughs> it was uh, quite a challenge. I just started using my demons. I was Nurgle demons. They actually... Oh, it's kind of interesting. Okay, so clearly the best warriors are the chaos warriors. Yeah. But all the demon stuff's immune to psych, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Because uh, you took the Nurgle guys to begin with. Mm-hmm. So you're minus one to hit your beat sticks in combat with the halberds yeah. better than the beastmen. Strike Pretty before much. anybody. Yeah, Nobody I've, else had halberds but me. And so anytime I'd get mixed up with someone, I'd just crush them. Mm-hmm. It's pretty solid. But if you didn't kill them, what happened a couple times was, uh, I think Andrew just charged a gore into a warrior. You beat, beef your attacks, <laughs> and then the, the gore charged you one by one. You know, so leadership seven check. Yeah. And ended up running you down that one time. And then everybody within six has to take leadership eight checks. <laughs> so I think it is fairly balanced in the end. Yeah. Um, well, the, with the gore, there's so many of them running around, too, because you get, like, for two, you get, like, five or something like that for two cast wars, mm-hmm. two for one, whatever it is. But Yeah, so I think if you pick uh, maybe corn or slanash with the Beastman would be pretty good. Pretty much everybody else took Beastman. Yeah. So, you know, Butcher and uh, the Journeyman, <laughs> the Nerd Apprentice. I've officially changed his title to the Journeyman. It will wow. be reflected in the blog posts. <laughs> um, they, those guys went Beastman because they wanted to try new stuff. Yeah. Jerry is going Warriors to start with, and he has a lot of Marauders. Mm-hmm. I think he just has two two Warriors, and I think he's running a hand weapon shield on him. Yeah. His stuff has turned out pretty awesome. Yeah, he's going um, with more of a historical miniature base. Uh-huh. But it's weird. It's more human-ish. Yeah. But you're doing that, too. Right. I'm not doing mutations. And then, um, but I'm using G-Dub models. J-Jack, who is, uh, we'll refer to as the tally man for this campaign, he's actually using, uh, like, Viking-type models yeah. <laughs> as well. So it's kind of cool. The Warriors players are all going, you know, just kind of more <laughs> human-ish. Yeah. And then um, when I'm at my Warriors, it's going to be over-the-top crazy tentacles and <laughs> big it's, axes. It's been done stuff. to death, Raj. <laughs> well, it's not been done my way, dog. <laughs> You're yeah. the tentacle man. And then Bear's doing Beastmen as well. Is he? So the opening day went pretty well. We went through the card stuff. We did a draft to get the starting decks. Mm-hmm. That'll be explained in the second part. So for the motherfuckers who didn't show up, how are they getting their starting decks? We just did the same thing. Oh, you do the same thing every week? No. 
they just did it to start with, and then the cards that we drew, we just threw away. Oh. So they drew, you know, the you. same thing that we did. Yeah. We participated, so it, the feeling would be the same for them. <laughs> so they couldn't get all the good cards, necessarily. Right. Uh, bad. All right. Cool. We can talk about the draft specifically next time. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the first campaign, we started off with just, uh, just to get the feet wet, a trial of champions. <laughs> so every campaign year we'll probably do this where it's just the generals going at it. Yeah. That was pretty awesome. I think Jerry ended up winning it because you started off with a great weapon on your general. Yeah. And you butchers, Bestigore general. You guys killed each other simultaneously. Yeah. Skunked each other. So then uh, Jerry's <laughs> Slanash dude was the last man standing <laughs> in a field of Nurgle. He was the, the one dark prince <laughs> Slanish dude lurking. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Then after that, uh, we had a multiplayer game, and that was kind of by chance. Yep. Uh, we picked the same target, and we're all going for some fucking campaign gold. Yo, yo. Um, you ended up taking that one pretty handsome. Yeah, I won that one. And uh, then you took off. I had to bail. It's and true. then we played one more round where uh, Butcher beat up on Andrew, and then I beat up on the Legend. Yeah. And that's kind of how we just ended that last day. Whenever yeah, The multiplayer games take quite a bit of time our little 100 point two-player games it took about 20 minutes yeah a pop right so um in the rules for next time we'll talk about the multiplayer battles and there'll be some turn caps and stuff like that to speed those along Mm -hmm. but uh so that was day zero uh day one of the campaign uh you and legend were out and then it was me uh jay jack the tally man bear andrew and butcher so it was five of us again and the trial of champions was pretty awesome. Yeah. So I put a troll in the middle. And then, um, so whoever killed the troll would uh, win the trial of champions. So the goal wasn't to kill the other guy's general necessarily, although if you killed him, that prevent him from winning. So it was pretty wicked. Uh, the troll had his own card in the turn sequence. Yeah. He actually had two, two in there. And then whoever pulled that troll card in the turn sequence... Um, Whoever's turn it was last got to control him. And by chance, it kept, happened to be Butcher. So I fucking charged my dude in right away. Got vomited on by the troll. <laughs> this troll is like vomiting left and right. It's really tough. Because uh, if you beat, if the troll doesn't kill you, you're going to beat him by one. Yeah. And then you'll probably break him down because he's leadership four. <laughs> uh, but he kept throwing up on everybody. It's brutal because he kills everything on a three plus or a two <laughs> plus, basically, unless you have some kind of armor or ward or special item helping you out. Uh, it's pretty fucking wicked. What ended up happening was Butcher's general dude kept cowering in the corner while this troll was killing everybody. <laughs> and then uh, Bears. Bestigore, corn dude, charged in. Doesn't give a shit about fear. I think he did a wound to him. And then Andrew was in charge of the troll. And instead of vomiting, he gave the troll poison attacks yeah. and a potion of speed. <laughs> <laughs> so he actually went first. And he, we all told him to vomit, but he rolled the attack dice and whiffed all his attacks. Fucking and then he idiot. whiffed the stomp. Yeah. And then so... Uh, 
like a bear's general. Kill them? Ran well, them down? Yeah, ran them down. And then um, as part of the special bonus, now he gets to use a troll in his uh, war band, even though he doesn't have any of the other qualifications, <laughs> which may be a help or a hindrance, considering he's leadership seven on his general, and you have to actually attach the general to the troll to lead him along. <laughs> they have to be in a unit. <laughs> yeah, but we had a follow-up game uh, with um, me, Butcher, and uh, Bear yeah. ended up taking that one. And then Andrew and J-Jack had a game. And Andrew ended up beating J-Jack in his first win of the campaign. <laughs> <laughs> and he's fucking loaded down with slaves now, dude. Oh, great. Yeah. He's got, it's, I think, six slaves. <laughs> six slave cards. Or three three slave cards of different power levels. Yeah. It's fucking phenomenal. <laughs> Anyways, I just kind of sped through these. Spent a lot of time talking about the rules. We'll probably get into more detail with the battle reports yeah. in future episodes, but we got to keep this moving along. On uh, the campaign, uh, the blog will have breakdowns of everybody's cards and kind of detailed um, descriptions of what happens each campaign day. So yeah, be yeah. sure to check that out. But overall, the campaign starts going good. I think everybody's pretty pumped. I think next week is for, uh, Holy Wars GT. Yep. And uh, we're gonna goes. we're gonna do the campaign before on the yeah. Thursday as Thursday. planned. Might be too much nerd for one week for me. We'll see. Yeah, maybe. All we'll right, let's fucking this. move along, buddy. Yeah. Want to get to email of the week then? Yeah. All right. So this comes from Mark Callahan. High point hammered boys. Old fart historical gamer here with roots in Warhammer. Questions for you savvy use about Warhammer. Number one, and why would I want to dip my toes back into Warhammer? I've been having impure thoughts about getting back in after ten years, but on the edge. Not looking forward to painting a block of 50 halberders, but looking for something to give me some new inspiration. I've been painting so many 1815 Grenadier Guards and <laughs> King's Own Foot, I need to change it up. All right, so let's answer that. Why dip his toes back in? I think this would be a bad time. I think you should wait until 9th edition drops before you do that. Just so you know what you're working on. It'd be dumb to start something yeah, at this point. Yeah, well, I think you could safely... Pick up some uh, chaos stuff if you like that. I don't foresee the chaos stuff going away. Yeah. If you're interested in some of the other factions, I might Lizardmen. Uh, hold uh, up. <laughs> <laughs> trying to see how it goes first. Yeah, I'd probably wait till ninth. Uh, you don't know, you know what the hell to even build and buy. If he's painting grenadiers. Clearly, he doesn't give too much of a shit <laughs> about what's going on. Grenadier guards, dude. <laughs> well, I suppose. You can Otherwise, use and whatever. why would you do it was his main question. I would do it for the bros to come to the event and hang out because yeah. it's a fucking hoot. That's why. Yeah. If you're uh, interested in the other stuff, chances are you're going to find other people yeah. at those community. You can at least develop a group and try to talk them into it. Right. Kind of thing. So, so yeah. yeah. Community. All right. Number two, explain what a unit filler is. I have an idea, but want you gents to describe it. I see it as an awesome way to model a unit, but need to know more. You want to take this? You uh, want me to? You can take it. All right, so you were talking about two. a unit of 50 halberdiers. So instead of painting 50 halberdiers, you do up a bunch of little or larger models on 40 mils because halberdiers are on 20 mils mm-hmm. so that you can fill slots in the unit with bigger bases and bigger models. So you're not building 50 halberdiers. You're building 25 halberdiers and then a bunch of things on bigger bases to take up space inside the unit. Mm-hmm. So that's one way is to kind of add some theme, some make a unit add, look awesome. Yeah. The other thing is if you're lazy yeah. and you just don't want to paint them, you could put something... 
generally lame, like a terrain piece a or fucking tree, tree or tree a rock, or <laughs> rock or something like that, yeah. just to save you from having to paint a big rock. Fifty halberders with one guy standing on top of that big yeah. rock on a forty mil instead of four halberders on on the ground. So you could paint up like twenty halberders and then like three trees and four rocks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's All right. another way to do it. Number three, this must be the band you recommended. Uh, Woods of Yapri was awesome. Oh, cool. Many thanks for that heads up. Listen to it on YouTube, the full album, and I was digging it. I might suggest Killing Joke as a quick band to check out. Oh, 80s, okay. 80s or chessboards are good songs to roll with. So Killing Joke was that okay. one. Yeah, I haven't heard of them. Make a note oh. of it. Check it out. Sure. So then he just ends with, uh, okay, take it easy and suck my saggy balls. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, thanks for writing in, buddy. All right, we got a voicemail here. Yeah, who we got this time, brother? It's fucking Ryan Nickel. Okay. Giving us his opinion on the ninth edition, how it's affected his hobby. All right. Let's motherfucking get into that. Gentlemen, this is Nickel. I wanted to call in to talk about your question of the month. Ninth edition, coming around the corner, end times. Uh, I'm a huge fluff guy, so even though maybe I don't like how many characters they killed off of the high elf, uh, the fluff in the books and everything has gotten me super excited about the game. It's re-energized it, in my opinion. And for me, um, I've even committed myself to starting a new army. i got to get 1,000 points ready in two months, which I built about half of it and not painted any of it. So my hobby mojo's got to get going, and it's at an all-time high. So let's do this. Bring on ninth edition. Bring on whatever the changes are. Um and not that I trust them in GW, but I, I just can't see them getting rid of this game as it is. So I'm just not really giving into these rumors that Ninth Edition as a Warhammer uh, tabletop army game as opposed to a skirmish game is going away. So bring it on. Um, modeling, painting, everything. I'm excited. I'm stoked. And maybe this is coming off of an awesome weekend at PACA too, but it's all exciting for me. Keep it going. Bye. All right, so thanks for writing in, Ryan. It's weird. It's like the first positive guy I've heard. <laughs> uh, I can kind of see where he's coming from. No, One thing to sense. note is that this voicemail was received two days or after his Wapaka victory. So <laughs> hence his massive mojo for a hobby. But yeah. I agree with him. I don't buy the rumors. Um, mm-hmm. I just think it would be dumb to start a new army at this point, not knowing, per my earlier mm-hmm. comment to Mark, that... You know, you don't know where it's going to go. Remember when it went from, like, 7th to 8th and it was all about infantry all of a sudden? Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. I'm kind of halfway. I think I mentioned last time. I'm kind of halfway excited, tentatively. Yeah. Uh, when I was building my Holy Wars list, uh, I kind of hoped that, uh, uh, you know, the elf stuff, you know, if they combine everything, I uh, did go through because that opened up a lot of cool opportunities. Yeah. But, you know, I do want to see what units are going to be there and stuff like that. Sure. I'd like to build some knights maybe or more dark elf stuff, something like that. But I need to know what's going to be there before I'm willing to take that leap. Right. Well, I also concur with his comment about the fluff being super awesome and interesting for a change. I think they're trying to build the fucking super rich background that they have for 40K into fantasy at this point, Mm -hmm. and it's super cool, so I like that. All right. Moving along, event of the week. 
What we've we got, got Lady of the Lake GT, August 15th and 16th. Yeah, so this is up in Duluth, Minnesota. Yeah, we've been there before. It's a cool area. It's run by Kastner and Donnie and them. Mm-hmm. So August, probably a better time of the year than November. Yeah. When we were there last time. <laughs> <laughs> the Lake SWAT Gaming Club. So that'll be a 2,800-point tourney up there. Mm-hmm. Um, check it out. It's... Lake SWAT with we'll link up on the show notes. Fantasy.com. Yeah, and we'll have a link to it on the show Sadly, notes. Sadly, so. this, uh, this is the same weekend as the Club Challenge going on down in uh, Chicagoland. HPBs are hoping to head out down there. It's also the same week I'll be flying out to San Francisco to get married, so I won't be heading to that. Yeah. I won't be heading to any of this bullshit. <laughs> All right. You been listening to Audiobook Dog? Yes. I've been listening to The Road by Cormac McCarthy. Oh, cool. What a motherfucking downer. <laughs> yeah, it is. I've seen the movie, so I knew what to expect, but the book is it's even greasier. The book is somewhere. worse, yeah, yeah, I think. Like, holy shit, man. So it's it's good. It's well-written. I'm glad I'm listening, but it's a bummer to listen to. Mm-hmm. Such a cool fucking post-apocalyptic world. <laughs> yeah, it's like a lot nothing. of little side stories that you don't get into in the movie. Yeah, I've been thoroughly oh, enjoying that. I'm about halfway through it now, so I'll give a final recap on that when I finish her. But so far, it's highly recommended. Awesome. I've been reading, uh, actually listening to the uh, Fell Sword, which is the second book in a series by Miles Cameron. The first one was The Red Knight. I yeah. listened to this one. It's pretty awesome. This guy, you know, the story is, uh, how do I describe it? So the, you know, there's in fantasy and fiction and stuff like that, everybody's trying to put their own spin on everything and yeah. try to make it unique and interesting. <laughs> um well, that's not to say that uh, Miles stuff isn't interesting, but it's kind of traditional almost, whereas knights, you know, super medieval-based, and there's, like, orcs and goblins and stuff. Sure. Like, it's almost come around full circle where that kind of thing is refreshing again because it's you haven't seen it in such a long time. But he does put his own stamp on the fantasy. There's wyverns, and there's the goblins are kind of insectoid-type little dudes. I think they're called boglins. And then the orcs are like, they're called urks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so super fucking super yeah. unique and clever here. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's it's a good it's, it's, well a, done, yeah. it's a good one. It's really long. The magic system is super detailed. It's kind of based off hermeticism, which if you go to Wikipedia, it's a very long entry. <laughs> uh, it's kind of a philosophy that kind of developed during the dark ages yeah and stuff like that and kind of did have some weird magic mysticism tied in with it so it's kind of based off a real life thing uh but it follows like a mercenary company and they kind of get drawn into this siege that they have to defend and then they got to hold out you know till the king arrives and um as badass the main enemy is like this awesome like wizard that like bound him he was like defeated years ago and he kind of bound his spirit into a tree so he's like a giant tree man now (laughs) and he's like commanding these hordes yeah Uh, but the magic is super well thought out it's really cool the writing's really well done the mercenary company is really huge and there's a lot of perspective chapters it's always changing yeah and it's kind of weird some of it is at first it's kind of hard to get used to because uh, he'll do one-off chapters and never go back to that person ever again, or they'll get killed or something like that. Sure. But then after a while, once the main characters develop, um, you can kind of follow along a little better. But, yeah, The Red Knight, it's a fucking good pick. The second one is good so far. <laughs> um, a lot of the characters kind of came together in the end of the last one, so they're now they're part of his little mercenary gang. Yeah. It's really badass, and he set up a pretty epic 
plot arc at the end of the last book. So I'm kind of interested to see how that develops. Anyways, moving on, you got a current obsession, my man? I really, have not really been watching anything. I'm still... Or playing games. Yeah, they haven't had any time for that. My current obsession is remodeling a motherfucking laundry room. <laughs> putting in a drop ceiling, which is not interesting. I am still reading Nick Offerman's book, Paddle Your Own Canoe, so that's really solid. Still uh, getting on top of that. It's pretty entertaining. He's just kind of a fucking wise-ass, foul-mouthed Midwestern dude who grew up like partying and fucking off and banging yeah. chicks. <laughs> it's pretty solid so far. Again, I'll give a pop to that when I finish, but... When he went down to, like, Bahamas or something in a disguise. Yeah. To that part, <laughs> he like... to creep out on his, this woman. <laughs> yeah. He ended up on the same flight with her, like, a seat behind her and to the side or something, in this disguise he made to look like an old man. But he... He, is, he wore a big mustache yeah. that's, like, not unlike his Ron Swanson mustache. <laughs> yeah. So he creeps up to her on the beach, and she, like, gets pissed off at him, and then they end up banging. And, like, follow... Like... I can't imagine because they were like on the aircraft and yeah. at one point they made eye contact yeah and he <laughs> was in his disguise eye. yeah <laughs> I <laughs> guess it's so bizarre that you wouldn't <laughs> yeah it's a fucking crazy story <laughs> just the creepiest fucking sneakiest motherfucker but he ends up just staying in some like random hostel like yeah. banging the owner for a week <laughs> yeah. until he got his found his way home somehow Sound like somebody a, sent him some he, money yeah he called his buddy he's like I need some money to get home <laughs> done banging this lady <laughs> Pretty solid, though. <laughs> Hell of a time, I'm sure. It's fucking nuts. All but right. yeah, it's a good book. Lots of interesting little quirky stories. So. Yeah, I got a music pick. Do you have a current obsession? Ah, uh, I do. <laughs> All right, you want to lay it on us? Yeah. Weed. <laughs> We're finishing off Dexter. It's kind of weird. Oh, yeah. I'm about third of the way through season eight. So far, it seems really bizarre. I ended at season six. Yeah. It seems like season eight and season seven should be reversed as far as like suspense and build up and stuff yeah because it season seven has like a super crazy uh finale to it uh and then season eight is just like all right back back to the is normal just uh reset like a new season here <laughs> and, uh, season eight is that the last one that's the last one yeah so it kind of feels like it should fit in like earlier in like the timeline it feels like it should be season three or four yeah <laughs> where they're, you know, they just have like a season-long arc where in season seven they kind of wrapped up like a series arc yeah. like that should have almost been the end of the series um <laughs> so, so it's kind of weird like no this is still going like we got another season here yeah they're just adding new characters for next to interact and kill <laughs> <laughs> pretty much <laughs> but or bang <laughs> it's kind of strange how addicting that show is i thought it was a good show it's fucking good it's a, it's a solid watch yeah looking forward to finally getting through that <laughs> Uh, you got Kelly watching that too. Yeah, yeah. She's seen some of the early seasons, and then she's. I'm just kind of explaining towards the end. I'm like, not that much really happens. Um, you know, she's kind of aware of the major plot points, anyways. Yeah, Rita and whatever. But, anyways, it's a fucking good show. Everything's on Netflix now. Yeah. All you have to do is watch that first episode, <laughs> and then uh, you're probably gonna be hooked. All right, let's fucking do music pick, man. Yeah. Got a motherfucking new CD out from Tim Barry. Play a couple tunes off that. So this first one's called Older and Poor. This is off the Lost and Ruler CD. This is 2 minutes 59 seconds if you think it sucks and want to skip it. When we got married in the backyard I put new strings in my old guitar The E was flat, the A it stayed sharp 
I had no idea at all how happy it would make small How drunk you and I'd get before dark When I read you my vows, my daddy looked so proud Mom smiled ear to ear and craned to see When baby G hit the tree, right then and there I started believing Your mom should host this party every weekend We sang in the pines in three, four times One, two, three, two, two, three, hee-haw Girl, your mom can cut a rug How lucky to be in love With you, the whole family, and Emma dog Yeah, the baby came next that ate up all of our paychecks. We named her Leela Jane and you built a crib. We rearranged the house, I kicked all of the ants out. And we sit together at mealtime again. And we sing in the pines to her at bedtime. One, two, three, two, two, three, hee haw. Now Leela Jane can cut a rug just like your mama would She reminds me most of her grandma after all There's one thing left I'd like to say I loved you from the first time I saw your face Though I've annoyed you ever since I'm thankful that we are still friends And growing older and poorer with grace Let's sing in the pines in our old age time One, two, three, two, two, three, hee-haw And Leela Jane can pay our bills and administer our pills While we sneak off and get drunk before dark If he happens to get down in the basement and gets his face into that fucking litter box, (laughs) he will eat all the turds. (laughs) If you drop any food on the floor, he's like a Roomba. He'll just go around and eat it all. Just fucking suck it up. So he's kind of like having a maid around to clean your floors and scoop out your yeah. litter box. <laughs> but the problem is with the cat shit and his food in general, yeah, he'll just keep eating it till he pukes. Down? So he'll eat a mob. He hasn't done it here. He's done it over at her friend's house who has a couple cats. But just eat it all and then puke it <laughs> so bad. Uh. Anyway, so that was Tim Barry. Like I said, that's off the Lost and Rootless CD and that was Older and Poor. Let's fucking move on, buddy. We got Point Hammered History. Yeah, what do you got? This isn't necessarily Point Hammered History as much as it is Warhammer and fucking modeling history, but as I've been working on these new models lately, I've been reflecting on how simple the the chaos stuff, yeah, how simple it all used to be. Remember there was a time when you could just buy a box of models, crack them open, build them, and then paint them? And like that was that was your hobby. <laughs> so now it's you like have to think about a theme. You got to think about a theme. You got to come up with these conversions. You want to try to tell a story. Like <laughs> how am I going to tell a story with what this guy's doing or with how this display board is going to look at some point? And I want these models. 
you want to start it with all that shit in mind so that at the end it all comes together. So I'm putting in all this fucking forethought and fucking effort and bullshit when really I just want to be building and painting models. Mm-hmm. The theme part's fun if you're into a theme. Yeah. If you have something that really it's stokes kind of your fires. But I mean, it is upping everybody's game. It's true. But I think it's a positive thing It is thing upping overall, all the work but that it, goes along with it. Yeah, but it used to be buy a box of dwarfs, glue the motherfuckers together, yeah. put a little gravel on the base, paint them up, bing, bada, boom. A little goblin green. Yeah. Good to go. <laughs> done and done. Not anymore. Used to be so simple. Simpler times, John. <laughs> That's just, all I got for, for history. Just can't go back. History. Eh, I don't think I could go Chaos back Chaos campaign, man. Call the glory, brother. Build whatever you want. Man, I'm doing big fancy bases, human-y shit. I'm going to... I don't know how crazy I'm going to get, but I'm going to try and do freehand on everybody's cape. There's an FYI oh, cool. for where this is going. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty stoked. I've been working on these fucking... Uh, I made these uh, underground Smeagol uh, golem-like beastmen. Oh, yeah? I got ghoul bodies, and I put gore heads on them, and then kind of replaced their weapons yeah. with, like, beat-up skelly weapons. Sure. So they're kind of like the dregs of, like, the... Cthonic underworld demon Cthulhu society. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, um, I'm going to make sure all my beastmen have feet because I know how much you uh, disagree with feet. beastmen having feet. Eh, they're not. Are you using beastman heads? Yeah. You motherfucker. You did just say you were. God damn it. <laughs> I'm just going to fucking. I wonder if I can track down that Mino that has feet. I have work a, him in there. I probably have 20 of those models sitting here. Oh, nice. you really yeah, that's right. It used to be about half the Minos had feet. No, all the ones that had two hand weapons had feet, and all the ones that had great weapons didn't. God, oh, weird. Hold on, the cat walked over the fucking computer, started. <laughs> Jeez, we're having some animal it's, trouble it's today. It's a fucking zoo, I swear to God. I, ah, this motherfucking shit, I'm gonna fucking kill these things. Fuck <laughs> off, cat. Like bully is literally walking over my shoulders. The cats are starved for attention because they're too timid of the dog. The dog just ignores the cat and runs fucking rampant. He's a little pushy. No, oh, yeah. He wants... Pushes his bunion when he, feet. When he has yeah. his toy, he loses his fucking mind. He's just not the same guy as if you take the toy away. <laughs> he learns quick. If I yell at him, he fucks off real <laughs> good. So. Fucking nice. Anyway. Yeah. What do we got for a blog pick, dog? Yeah, I got a sweet one. Have you ever checked out the Goldman's Welt blog? Goldman's Welt? German. Yeah. No. Um, he is a gold man. No, it's Goldman's. Goldman's Welt. Yeah. What's that? Goldman's World. Oh, could What's be the word for Welt. Anyway, yeah, it might continue. be. Anyways, I got a link up here to some uh, sweet ass Warhawk writers that he did. He's got yeah. actually a uh, full Wood Elf army. He's been working on. Yeah. The basing on it is phenomenal. All kinds of crazy foliage, flowers, uh, different kinds of plants and stuff like that. Super bright. Mm. Uh, the paint. Scheme is really awesome. These Warhawk riders, he's got them based off eagles. So they're, uh, he's got them staged at different elevations so they can kind of rank up together. Yeah. Um, but the painting on the uh, eagles is fucking magnificent. Um, usually, I don't know, it seems to me like most people shit the bed on painting bird, bird feathers. feathers. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like almost the same thing with the... Uh, flames where you can paint it how it actually is and it's not going to look that good <laughs> or you can just paint it to look good you know kind of right. just to suggest authentic bird feathers so he does the latter which um, is what i would do <laughs> uh, but they they turn out really good i yeah i haven't seen that many birds or hawks or uh any kind of winged feathery creatures 
<laughs> that I thought of really really turned out that great. I can't okay. think of any off the top of my head, uh, but I was really impressed with these ones. Right. And if you scroll through and click on the Wood Elves, he has a ton of other. He's got like this huge look like Glade Guard unit. Um, just a, not quite a full 2,000 points yet, but it looks like he's working on it. It's fucking phenomenal. All right, sweet. Johnny's theme of the week. Theme of the motherfucking week. All right, so I've had this idea in mind for a long time, and I wanted to do it with the Beastman, but I never got around to it. So I wanted to do some kind of fucking Moai theme. This would be more of mm, okay. making your bros more fucking tribally. Um, so the original idea I had was to sculpt up a Beastman Moai. So it's like a typical Moai, but yeah. there's horns coming down the side. And a snout in the front instead of a nose. So that was the original idea. And the beastmen are so already like a mask or pretty like a primitive. No, nah, it would be you know you could use it for your herdstone. Oh, okay. you could have oh, your like a big statue. Your right. army base could be like half created ones laying down. They're dragging some along where they're just mm-hmm. making these fucking big badass moai things. And then maybe the last step of the fucking process is they're turning them into magical herdstones that actually do something. Some shamans mm-hmm. fucking dancing around them or something. It would also work for Skaven pretty well because you could do some cool ratty looking moai heads. Uh, that'd be cool. That'd be pretty fun. Um, and then if you wanted to do some kind of Pacific Islander-looking human thing, you know what for? Maybe you could even call it lizard men, but just work an actual fucking Moai thing. You got th- these big beefy dudes, uh, like just dragging them, being big dumb slaves, and then these little fucking craftsman guys as your skinks. Mm-hmm. That'd be a pretty fun thing to do. Um, and I don't know why that's be always appealed, but I've always wanted to do something with the Moai. Usually use them as like unit fillers. Yeah, you could do that too. A couple on each unit, and they I think a couple on the board, a big one. If I was gonna do it, and I at one point I had sculpted some dwarf statues out of the fucking putty that you had to bake. So <laughs> way back in the day, some of the first terrain I made, and that's when the idea originally spawned that you could do something something cool like that with it, but it didn't really apply to dwarfs. Um, so. Anyway, cut to years later when I was doing Beastman. Like, how badass would a Beastman Moai be? That'd be fucking cool. And then, yeah. So, I don't know. It's more of just, I want to make some cool fucking statues and mm-hmm. an army board that tells a story. Then, then uh, I don't know how else you do it other than just keep your bros really primitive, which Beast and Skaven would work really well yeah. for that. So. I don't think the Skaven have too many clothes. Nah. Unless you're doing the wild Skaven. <laughs> <laughs> or if you're doing... Storm vermin or something, because you wouldn't have all the. You'd have to keep everything to stone. You could probably do orcs pretty well. Orc moai. Ah, uh, yeah. Because they have, yeah, essentially already, idols, idols and yeah. stuff. Anyway, they already have that. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's the idea, bro. That sounds cool. Not a bad idea. All right, Raj's cheap ass segment. Uh, the hidden hobby dollars, John. <laughs> I believe is you, the proper you can title. What you want. <laughs> You cheap uh, motherfucker. <laughs> I've got a I've got a good one for you today. Oh oh yeah. Yeah, you might want to reconsider your uh, your wedding plans here. Oh okay. Um, for those that don't know, if you're not friends with me on Facebook, recently got engaged to Kelly. Yeah. Threw it threw it out there. Was she laying the pressure on because I got engaged? Um, no, no, no more than anything to do with it. Did she Did she want to get married? She does. Yeah. And within uh, maybe you can tell me if this is typical, John. But yeah. Uh, within 24 hours of proposal, I was already being solicited my opinion on various ballrooms <laughs> and stuff like that. Does that usually move that quick? <laughs> there is usually an upfront burst of energy followed by an overwhelming sense of, uh, this is a lot of planning. So it should, slow, it should have slowed down a bit by now. Uh, seems like it's gone full steam ahead. <laughs> uh, at some point. Anyways. <laughs> it's, uh... We're happy. We're pretty excited. Yeah. So she's been looking 
at uh, dates here, and uh, we found John. Uh oh. You know, a lot of places are booked up already. You're doing it this year? Uh, likely. No shit. Um, a lot of places are booked up, but there's one date in particular that's pretty wide open that uh, most places are actually pretty desperate to fill. So we've been getting uh, some potential deals here uh, with these people and then also caterers and stuff like that. Is this Thanksgiving? Kind of interested. Is this uh, it's actually uh, Friday, Day? September 11th. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you fuck. <laughs> Jesus, so, uh, Rogers. Just, just that's keep, pretty low. Just keep that in mind. <laughs> Well, she, uh, Kelly actually figured it out. You know, I haven't really been doing shit. But she, uh, September 11th is She's the like, yeah, that date. just kept coming up with everybody she talked to. The only available date to rent the yeah, venue? Yeah, if September um, has been fucking September fucking 11th, you might want to change your plans, John, see if you can score some, <laughs> some fucking deals or something like that. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Well, keep it in mind for the next one. <laughs> Nice. Thanks for that. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know if it's going to happen. I think because it's a Friday. Yeah. That's always an issue. Um, um, not really. We consider it a Friday wedding. Well, you're flying Recep- across We considered the country, a Friday so reception when we got back, but we decided to go Saturday because why not? Yeah. We're indifferent. But. It's an extra burden on everybody. So I don't know. It might, might clear, clear your calendars. Regardless, but uh, yeah, might might happen. So okay. We're actually looking at October now, but uh, something's going down. Mm-hmm. Keep that in the old back pocket. She she brought it up, <laughs> and you, you of tell course, tell she's a keeper. You of course pounced on it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, is it insensitive to get married on this day? I mean, would it be insensitive not to? <laughs> would it, would the terrorists be winning? <laughs> <laughs> if we avoided I can see it, you've been trying to justify this to yourself. <laughs> Are they giving you half price on the venue that night? Uh, stuff like uh, with the caterers, like free appetizers. Oh, nice! Like a Ten or twenty percent off. You're gonna have an open bar at this fiesta? Yeah, it's looking like it's gonna be at Century World. So, oh yeah, okay, yeah. We looked at. Something. There's some really nice. Yeah, they have a really nice facility. There. The upstairs is super nice, and so is the downstairs. The downstairs one in front. probably yeah. It's cheap, yeah, or it's. Yeah. You're in for five grand minimum, though I think. Or yeah, five hundred. Sadly, just dropped the money on this ring already. <laughs> already, I'm doubling down. <laughs> oh, oh money bags, Rogers <laughs> over here. All these hidden hobby dollars turning into hidden hidden wedding dollars. I thought he was gonna bring up a motherfucking cubic zirconia. <laughs> She'd never know the difference, dude. <laughs> oh, that, I, might, I might be able to switch it. Yeah. You can probably swap it out some night. Yeah. Just take it off the nightstand, pretend she lost it or the dog ate it, and a couple days later, toss it in a pile of dog shit with a cheaper yeah. stone. And get into some insurance fraud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why not at this point? All right. Let's wedding move on. somehow. <laughs> All right. Question of the month. What do you got? Question of the month. We want to know. If you guys have played in a campaign previously, are you doing one currently? How did it go? What was it based off of? Mighty Empires, General's Compendium, some kind of scratch-built thing. The oh, cat, boy, the cat just played the... The cat played song again. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking damn it. Uh, Who's a naughty animal? Get down! This is Get! a fucking fiasco. The fucking thing, the software won't shut down. I fucking hate Windows 8, but that's a whole nother rant. Jesus. Anyway. All right. God. So you play a campaign. Did you actually finish it? That's what I want to know. And Mainly. are you considering a new one? Was it fun? Was it a building campaign? Was it 
you know, the full-on, just the purpose of the campaigns, the campaign itself, yeah. and the games. How Nothing fulfilling anymore. was it? I think the Black Sun Boys have been in the midst of one for a while yep. here. It sounds like it they, was a great success. Uh, it's gone almost a year, yeah. I think, year 11. So um, I don't know if the podcast is helpful in keeping everybody together, but um, yeah. it's been fun to follow those guys. Yeah. So we will have um, part two of the campaign rules up on the site with the next episode explaining the general overall uh, how you come up with the Gifts of Chaos decks and you know determine the cards in them Yep. which you didn't really get into and then how uh, the strongholds and the buildings and stuff yeah, work like that strongholds <laughs> yeah that part's kind of like I assume like civilization yeah. like Heroes of Might and Magic building up your city mm-hmm always a fun thing to do uh, but in the meantime we'll have the campaign results on the blog up with each episode that goes out kind of a snapshot of where everybody is yeah so some of it should make sense but some of it probably won't make sense until next time when the second half of the rules drop all right but we gotta we gotta fucking go man all right we're gonna fucking lead out here with some more tim berry off the lost and rootless cd this one's called clay pigeons suck my balls my bees I'm going down to the Greyhound station I'm gonna get a ticket to ride Gonna find that lady with two or three kids And sit down by her side Ride around until the sun comes up and down Around two or three times Drinking whiskey in the last seat Trying to hide my sorrow from the people I meet and get along with it all. But where the people say y'all sing a song with a friend, change the shape that I'm in, and get back in the game and start playing again. like to stay but I might have to go to start over again I might go back down to Texas I might go somewhere that I've never been I'll get up in the morning go out at night I won't have to go home get used to being alone change the words to this song start singing again Tired of running around looking for answers that I already know I could build me a castle of memories just to have somewhere to go Count the days and the nights it takes to get back in the saddle again Feed the pigeon some clay Turn the night into day And start talking again When I know what to say I'm going down to the Greyhound station I'm gonna get a ticket to ride Gonna find that lady with two or three kids and sit down by her side. Ride around until the sun comes up and down around two or three times. Smoking cigarettes in the last seat. 
Trying to hide my sorrow from the people I meet and get along with it all. Go where the people say, y'all. Feed the pigeons some clay. Turn the night into day. And start talking again when I know what to say. Test, motherfucker. Yeah, I'll test this. Minston, do you have any comments? I'm not afraid to test. Give me that toy. 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 Hey. All right. Give me that. He just wants to growl. He doesn't want to contribute. My family's expanding, Raj. (laughs) Two kitties and a dog. You're going to blow up the McClure (laughs) cock? That thing caused quite a stir on the old fucking Twitter. I lost the fucking green foliage that was at the base. Mm. Dirty eBay. Ooh, adult content. Fucking gay wads. 